Alexa Ashley and this is Eyes Wide. In this episode, we hear from artist and photographer Julius Toyula, who has been recording his dreams since he can remember. In 2018, he woke up from a particularly meaningful dream, remembering two words he didn't understand. He inquired with linguistic professor Michelle Black and learned that the words were from the indigenous language spoken in the Andes region and also in his birthplace of Colombia, from where he was adopted to Finland. The language was called Quechua. When he was five years old, he was told by his Finnish parents about a birth sister who passed away before he was born. The incident left him with an eerie feeling about someone, somewhere, invisible. In his latest photography project, Black Book, Julius reshapes and analyzes his dreams with the medium of photography. His photos often contain a woman figure, usually without a face, and objects from nature depicted in a twisted and surreal kind of way. After viewing his exhibition at Taller Sangfer in Oaxaca City, Mexico, I sat down with Julius to explore the elusive symbolism of dreams and death. To start, if you could just tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up as you. Oh, that's a good question. We're going hard like, <laughs> from the beginning, I guess. <laughs> Damn. Maybe, I, I don't know, I was like pretty lonely, I guess, because I was the only child. And uh, you, were in the, you were in the exhibition and you saw some of the works there. So there is the, the picture of the uh, woman sitting and ha- she has like the light in front of her like face so actually like this like uh, there's less a story behind it that is really like um, um, close to close to my life also do you want to hear it please do you want a short version or the, or the longer version whatever you're <laughs> willing to give me dear I want to give you the longer one <laughs> but, uh, let's go uh, so um, before I was like in our family of now three people uh, I had like a sister but she was like unfortunately unfortunately she passed away like after mm, birth i'm sorry yeah i know and uh, like uh, then i was adopted from colombia to a finnish family and they told me a story when i was like five years old or something like that but i have always had like this um um uh, what's the word for it i have had like this strange feeling that there should be someone there mm. and there's nobody mm-hmm. but also like a feeling of uh uh, like something similar, <laughs> like like a sister, like a feeling of that you have a sister, but then you don't. Mm. It's a pretty like uh, hard thing to explain. Yeah. But anyway, so a few years back from here, I was like, we were in a va- vacation with my family mm-hmm. in Spain, and I was just looking at the sea, and then like this strange like dreamlike feeling came over me for some reason. And it started to get dark, you know. It was like a perfect moment in a way. Then I look at the sea and I look how it wa- waved like back and forth. And I got this feeling that I have to like, now is the time to remember her. Hmm. And her name is Paula. So I was like, hmm, how, what can I do now to like really remember her? Like not just a memory, but something else in a way. And I didn't have my camera with me. So I was like, maybe I do like an act or something like that. Mm. You see? Mm-hmm. So... Then I decided, as it as it got dark, I saw the stars, and I was like, 
let's let's see like let's be romantic <laughs> and see you see and then i uh, i look at, at the sky and i was like i will go to the like under the brightest star and just get something from the ground mm-hmm. and that is like like memorabilia or a amulet or something mm-hmm. from the moment because it was so strong and then i just started to like walk like five kilometers somewhere and then i got to the spot i was like i was looking up and was like okay this is it and it was like it was like a beach like a rocky beach or something mm-hmm. like that and so i just like put my hand down and i got something from the ground and it was just like a little stone but what is like strange to me at least is that the stone was like a little bit like heart shaped i'm not making this up i just like <laughs> It fe- felt like it had it had like a lot of like emotion to me. So yeah. I just I just got the hard heart shaped rock to me. It was like a green one, and I got got it like I got it. So it, uh, how do you explain it? Yeah. Then I got that thing back to Finland, and it was 2019. So I I I started like working with this project in 2018. So it was like a year after that this happening. And so I went to Finland and I was like, now I have the rock, maybe I like incorporate that in the incorporate that in my work. So in the exhibition you saw like the the woman with the light on her face, but also the rock. So I also like took uh, like a portrait of my, my friend back in Finland. And the reason of the light or the or the reason for not seeing the model's face. Is because <clears throat> some of my dreams are really like abstract, mm. and uh, there's like this really strong feeling, feeling or like strong, strong uh, dreams that have like this really like it's hard to explain, but like kind of like a strong feeling behind them. Mm-hmm. And in those dreams, if there's like a woman figure, for some reason she never has a face. Huh. So yeah, so that's like the reason behind that, like series of photos yeah and i also uh, brought the stone with me there so it's Aww. in the corner of the exhibition there's the there's the little stones oh that's beautiful yeah but that's the, that's the story behind the picture but also story behind like uh what is was growing up you know because i also always had that thought in my head but i never did like any acts like towards it towards it you know mm-hmm. so just now when i when I'm grown up, I have just started to make like art from the like personal stuff. Mm. Oh, that was so hard to explain. <laughs> but I did it. I did it. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, Thanks for asking. We, we're we're going personal like straight away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were told when you were five about your sister. Yes. Did you, did you have that like, you said you had the feeling of like, feeling like there there always like should have been someone there. Mm. Did you have that before you were five, if you can remember, or I guess like five and seven are like numbers for me for mm. some reason because those are the the ages where I like remember little glimpses of mm-hmm. life, you know, and. For me, at least, everybody has that that first memory, you know, like first memory that you became like conscious in a way. Mm-hmm. I guess you have had one of those also, have you? Do you remember? <laughs> you remember, yeah. So, 
um, I guess like my first memory was from seven years old. But I remember because my mom and dad told me that they told me when I was five. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just like started to really think about it when I was seven because I I don't remember <laughs> things before that. Yeah. Yeah. And this was your adopted family told you yeah. about your... No, it was my like um, Finnish family. So my adop- adoption thing uh, went like I was like given away by my biological family uh, in this like, it's not an orphanage, but kind of like that, like a child foster home. Mm-hmm. And I got some like papers with it, with like, for example, the reason and stuff like that. But like shortly said, it was just like the family in Colombia didn't have the resources or the finances or the, they couldn't like just have one more child. So they decided to go adoption. Hmm. But I have I have a picture of my mom though. And what is the what is like the most amazing thing is like she she looks exactly like me. Wow. Yeah, the photo is so cool because it's like, uh, what's the word? It's like real like, it's like, like a bad photocopy, but it, it looks like me <laughs> wow. like straight up. <clears throat> that's amazing. Yeah, that's fun. Did you um, were you told at the same time that you were adopted that you had a sister, or were they separate times? Can't remember though. I can't remember that. I can't remember. It feels like the adoption thing. It's kind of a, like a traumatic thing in a way because it's so different from everybody else's lives back in Finland, at least. Mm. So I guess it has stuck to me more than the like that sister thing and also i have also have like had like this natural um feeling towards death like strange like uh what's the word for it like i have always think thought about death in a certain way like from from when i when i was like a small child oh really yeah and i don't i'm not sure if it's like something to do with the like a traumatic perspective of the adoption but for example, I, I was really close to my grand-grandmother. And when she died, I remember really vividly the funeral because everybody was crying, but I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just like a child thing that I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, I remember that I knew what was going on. I knew that he, she was like gone forever. But some somehow it didn't like affect me in that way that I would, would cry. Mm-hmm. In a way, I was like kind of happy for her. And it's really strange because I was so young. I was like seven, eight years old in that time. But I guess that thing has followed me in the adulthood also. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like um, people have a natural ability to feel closer to people or things after they passed. Do you feel that? I, I, I think I do feel that. That's a good way of putting it, I guess. And maybe that's, it's uh, like, I'm not sure sure if it's like, if it comes naturally to people, but it feels like it comes natural to me. And I have always made like this kind of like imaginary stories in my head, like what happens to my ghost ones when they die and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, from, the, from the young age also. Hmm. So I guess I had like, like every child has like a vivid, imaginary world but that is that was like my world was something like that <laughs> filled with like <laughs> dead love <ones> in a <laughs> way 
<laughs> and um, sounds like I'm a, I'm a really morbid person. <laughs> <laughs> Just death um, from the darkness of Finland, you know. I kind of see a a similarity between your like latest explorations in dreams mm. and death. It's like seemingly like a state that is just as real as this one mm. at least it feels that way when we're there <laughs> mm. um do you feel that resonance between dreams and death yes i do there's like a anecdote from i can't remember the book right now but that when a person goes to sleep like Uh, he in a way dies you know he like enters to another realm of like the human psyche for example you can you can say it that way and I have had that same feeling I guess and I was like really anxious kid also hmm. I'm anxious like to this day <laughs> for example I've also had this anxious feeling when I close my eyes because I don't see it's not like static you know There's al- al- always something going on, hmm. even though you put your eyes closed. And for some reason, that was also always like from a young age really important to me. Hmm. What do you see? Uh, I see like these like little. I call them like they're just like particles or something. Okay. Particles of like different colors and stuff like that, and they just like move in a different ways. And sometimes I have this sensation of like smoke, <laughs> like smoke coming to me. And then going away, hmm. and there's some like some red incorporated that also like red color, mm-hmm. but I guess that comes from the eyelids or something like that, mm-hmm. or I have like thought it about that way. Hmm. But for me, like there is like there is a strong connection between death, dreams, and also photography because there is um, uh, like the most famous philosopher who ever wrote something about photography was Roland Barthes if you know her uh, him yeah so one of the things that he said or has t- stuck with me is that photography is really close it's uh, i guess it's it's the most closest art form that is like close to death in a way hmm. because every time you take a photo and you look at it you realize that this thing will be will pass someday it hmm. will be dead someday you know? mm-hmm. And the realization for her, him came when he looked the photos of his family, uh, his mother, hmm. and he he realized that that there's death always in the photograph, hmm. and that is really I don't know like um, interesting fact for me, and I've always like thought that when I look photos, really? even though it's, yeah, even though if, if it's just like a photo in Instagram, you know. But if you really like think about it, you 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 go like, oh god, there's like, this will pass something, mm-hmm. you know? or it already has. No, it ha- already has, of course. But the, like the whole world will, you know, be over someday. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. just like, and what else do I get from death and dreams? <laughs> you started um, recording them in 2014. Yes. Yes. I started like pretty late, but I have um, the work is like really inspired about uh, inspired inspired from the Jungian psychology, if you know, mm-hmm. like that 
part of psychology is like really for me at least is if you read it in a certain way it's really like mysterious esoteric mm-hmm. you know? and that is something that i feel that dreams are so for example i have read freud for example mm-hmm. but it's like too analytical for me and the sex drive thing is something like i can't like wrap my head around and i'm not a scholar in that field but when i look at that artist artistic artistic eyes you know i found so much more like uh ground to walk on from the Jungian, Jungian like field mm, yeah can i um can i read a a part of your words from your little black book yes <laughs> okay you may <laughs> I really enjoyed the copy and text that went with your exposition a lot. It was part of the reason why I was really drawn to to your work and the intentionality, I think, behind it is really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And I want to I wanna say uh, so much, so much like gratitude goes towards to Anna and Dylan who mm. helped me with that with the English translation also. Wonderful. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so you're talking about um, one dream that you saw mm. in 2018. And you say, in this dream, I found myself in unknown mountain, in an unknown mountain area that was partly a place from my childhood home in Finland. Before waking up, I discovered a rural parking lot and heard a song. After waking up, I recalled two words from the dream, kunkush and kuni. I left wondering what those words were. I had no idea. I discovered that roughly translated, the word kuni means I give, and kunkush is an equivalent to a specific plant that grows in a mountain area in the Andes. I also have a whole new perspective of dreaming. I wonder what is this whispering of a dream? The one collective thing in the human psyche is that we all dream. That is a beautiful thing to think and make art about. <laughs> I paraphrased a little bit, but I'm wondering if like after that dream and making this series of photographs if you've had any more like discoveries about what is like that whispering of a dream it's really hard, hard to explain because i guess like in 2018 like the i started the journey of like making art from the dreams and it was because of that dream hmm. and it's really cr- closely related like the from my heritage also because the the plant kunkush is growing in the Peru area, actually. And I am planning to like end end the end the work in Peru, like in next like next year somewhere. Mm. Mm. I have had like some re- realizations about the dream world. Uh, I, I still don't know what it is though. I, I and I guess I will never find out it, it like exact exactly. But one thing that I do believe is that they're like um, universal or collective symbols in the dream. Uh, because everybody, when they dream, they see the same things in a way. Like you can see 
a forest. You can see a, a woman without face and stuff like that. It's a collective thing in a way because we all do dream those kind of things, which is like interesting to me. But then the meaning is in the in the personal realm of a psyche of the psyche in a way. Um, but what I like to discover, or what I want to discover, is can I dream or can a dream show me something um, mysterious in a way from the real world, for example? And that is like one one like that is the one thing that happened to me in that dream. And it's hard to explain because I didn't know what the word what those words were. I still have them in my phone, in the in the in the notes that I wrote them. Kun kushen kuni. Mm, it's really hard to, hard to explain. Like how did they come to my my conscious or the subconscious? You know how did they go? Uh, how did they go there? Mm-hmm. But also, why did they come from mm-hmm. there? It's so like mysterious and esoteric for me, and I want to like dive into the, you know, to the world of dreams more now. Yeah. Because of that, and for me, it's whispering. Is that that's the the most poetic way to say it? Because like a whisper, it's like really quiet, and usually when you wake up from a dream, the dream just disappears. Yeah. You know, it's like quiet. In a yeah. Way. But. Those dreams that I'm going to put on this project are like dreams that Carl Jung called big dreams in a way. So they're like dreams that have like significance to the personal, mm. to the person who sees them, and they can act like memories in a way. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have a memory from from your childhood when you ate an apple, also you can have like a, that that same feeling, but from a dream, hmm. which is really interesting to me. Like. How how come how come they like struck so hard like those dreams? And I only have had those dreams like I guess like ten times or something like that. But I I remember all of them. And uh, the most interesting to me is the first dream that I ever had, and I still remember it. And it was when my great grandmother actually died, and it was like after I was told. Uh, of her of her death I remember I went to the sleep that night and I saw this dream where I was walking in a swamp area and it was like red it was like dark red or orange but there were no like sounds like no sounds I was like walking on the swamp there should be like sounds you know but no, no sounds no wind nothing and I came to this pond of water that was like blackish and there was like forest like rounding the pond but they were all like dead 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 uh what's the word like dead trees like black gray like dark gray and then from the forest from the left of me became like this um figure and it had like a black cloth on and it like just like it was like flying over the water is there a better word for flying maybe like hovering hovering like oh, hovering like uh, over the water mm-hmm. and it stopped like in the middle of the b- pond and then in the dream I remember something sudden happened I was like pulled towards to the to the figure mm. and it turned like turned towards me and I saw like this <laughs> 
it was like a face. It's like, like it was like a white woman's face or something like that. Really like scary to me. And I remember it screamed. Like it screamed really loud. And I I woke up to the scream. And it wasn't my scream. I just heard the scream like really loud. Uh, and then when I woke up, like let's say two seconds, when I when I closed my eyes, I still heard the scream, the loud noise. Hmm. And I was like just shocked. I was I remember I I didn't start to cry, but I did did, did start to like sweat. And I was so like scared of, of that thing. And I like still for this day, I was like, I still remember it vividly. It was like a story, like a memory for me, you know. Wow. Yeah. Have you noticed like certain themes in your dreams like since then or mm. are there common symbols or mm-hmm. themes? Yes, there there is. The, um, a lot of those symbols are can be seen in the work actually, so. There are like birds, trees, ground, like grass, like those kind of things, For ex- uh, at least in the dreams that I remember like vividly, you know. Mm, also the figure of a woman that doesn't have a face, that's that's one of them. Um, but in the work, for me, it's like too naively, uh, too naive to take photos like I don't want to like uh, replicate the dream in a way. I just wanna turn it into something else. It's like, uh, for me, it's like I go through my dream world uh, by taking photos in a way, you know? And I'm like creating like a different, I'm creating something that is really close to the dream, but it's not the dream in a way. Hmm. But what I'm hoping to achieve when when it's done, when the work is done, is to have like text, like the dream text and then the photos with it and then I just see what happens yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's the way I'm working right now just I don't know what it will be I don't know what's the how come uh, how how it will turn out like yeah the work but that's the way that I'm working right now Hmm. Hmm. what do you like about like photography in this way or in this work like Hmm. is there like a guiding like, I don't know, uh, purpose, or is it more like a working out of something? Or? I have to say you have great questions. <laughs> you just have re- really good questions here. I guess uh, what I like about photography is the 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 sudden uh, the sudden magic that it gives to you. Like I I started with analog analog. Uh, uh, analogical photography mm-hmm. mm, and I remember like taking the photos and then uh, waiting for the, them to be developed and then see them mm-hmm. like, that was really something magical to me in a way that process of photog- photography and after I got my first digital camera I could see that magic like right away like I took the photo I could see it on the screen and then it hit me like the the what's the word like uh, then it like hit me that there is like something something in here I couldn't like I, I didn't know how to explain it in, in that time when I started I was like 15 or something but now that I think about it like backwards I guess it was the death thing hmm. you know I started I just knew that this is something special and I could make like magic with it 
you know I can make like something really beautiful with it so that's the I guess that's the the main reason I like photography mm, I not, love that not maybe like not like maybe like more than other art forms but it's the most interesting one in a way mm. for me at least why uh, it's it's because of the it's so close it's so personal and it's cl- so close to uh like every time you take photos or you make a series it tells a story of the ch- subject it also like tells a story of you and that is really interesting to me when i see photos people taking i actually like to like think more about the person who made made it like hmm. what kind of how did he how did he or her or they get in the in those situations and why did they get on those situations so i guess because it's so related to uh, to the artist also hmm. that that yeah hmm. but not i want to say that, like not in a narcissistic way no. <laughs> <laughs> as you know i'm reading the this book a dream the dream of the earth by thomas berry and i was telling you like for him it seems like our collective story really shapes our evolution and where we go i'm wondering like when you look at your photos that you've taken like what is the story about you that you get from viewing your own work so you mean like when i look at my own photos what do i feel Do you think about like you as a photographer as you do with other photographers and what no, it means? No, actually when I look at my own photos uh I'm trying to like in a way for me it's like trying to understand the artistic side of me because I have also always had this feeling also from from the like from the childhood childhood that there's two persons inside me it's mm. really hard to explain but i guess like there's like a like that i guess like you can you can sort of like put it in a symbolic way like i have like the waking me and then the me that is like not wake <laughs> in a way like a conscious and subconscious and i just have that naturally that feeling for some reason so for me when i look at the photos in a way i also like learn what's the state what is the state of my subconscious in a way and when i look these photos i i have the feeling that everything is pretty good but it's like still like not fully evolved in a in a uh in a in a form that i can like feel fully understand if that makes sense you know So for me for example in this exhibition that I uh, that that has those pictures I feel pretty good you know when I look at those photos I feel like I have the sense of romanticism a little bit naivism there also but that I really like to make little things like stand out and look beautiful mm. and that is also really important to me so mm. when I when I meet people i want to be really respectful and you know um interested you know mm. so mm. i guess it's like a personal thing like personality thing like 
I can see a little bit of my personality in the picture. So that's just, but that that's just for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I can I can never like fully understand what another person feels when they look at the photo. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that about your work, like featuring and kind of elevating the ordinary, <laughs> a rock or piece of grass <laughs> mm. or trees. Mm. I'm wondering, like, when do you feel like you started really noticing, like, ordinary things? Mm. Like, uh, like one way to think about it, for me at least, is like, like what I was saying about the symbolism of the dream. Like, when you see a photograph of the forest, it is, in a way, it's a symbol of a forest. And what that symbol means to you is like the the question you have to ask yourself, in a way. For example, that is one way of looking at it, I guess. When I start to notice, I have also always like noticed the little things. I guess like that's why I'm a photographer, in a way. Because you observe things that like speak to you. Like, that is one thing that in my opinion makes a good photographer if he's or her, if they are really honest to themselves they start notice like things that they are really like passionate about or you know mm. and for some reason I just like like I just like to <laughs> I just like to see the beauty of trees and grass and birds and stuff like that what do they say to you? They make me like feel really calm, I guess. And in every photo that I have in the exhibition, like there's a story behind the photo in a way. Like it, it al- always had me felt in a way, you know? And I can also like, it's also like really close to the, the uh, there's always like a story behind every photo in a way. Or there is like there is a story behind the photo of how how did I make it or why did I make it, and it's really close to the thought of the dreams that I have had. Like they are really like impactful for me. So in a way, like the way I work, like which which photos I decide if there's like a problem for me, like which one do I put? I put the one that had more more feeling to me. When you were taking it, or when after I, you? When I was it. taking it. Oh, mm-hmm. mm, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. So, for example, there's a bir- uh, picture of a bird in the sky. The, like how I did it was like I was, it it was shot in Japan, so it's an old picture, it's like from the 2017. Mm, but I was like, just uh, laying on the grass. Uh, and there was like a. What's the word? Like a beautiful Kamogawa River next to this, like next to me, and I just took my camera and I wanted to take a photo of the sky, like just the sky, nothing else. But then a bird just happened to be there, and I just took the photo, and it was like a happy coincidence, like Bob Ross would say it. <laughs> and uh, after the photo, after I looked at the photo, I noticed that there is like a small, another small bird in the picture also, somewhere mm. in the distance. And I just like the co- coincidence, you know. I was like, I always, I always, I almost like put the photo with only the sky. 
but for some reason I was like, okay, this was this is this has more feeling. Like mm. this makes me feel like more amazed in a way that mm. these birds just came to me for some reason. And for some reason I have also always have really like I have also have uh like a close relationship to folklore, you mean you know? Like different cultures, folklores. But bird is like a pretty big symbol in like uh in the uh, at least in the western like folklore. Hmm. And they're like they're like they they bring messages and stuff like that, you know. So it was like close to related that feeling in a way for me. Hmm. Like it seemed like in a way the bird was giving me the photo, you know. Wow. Like the bird wanted to it, it, it like it was a coincidence. But then again, <laughs> then again, you can just like think that the bird was like purpose, purposefully there mm-hmm. you know, in a way, like in a strange way, <laughs> you know, not in a naive way, but in a strange way. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you like, do you have a way of like telling what, what is like for us mm-hmm. and what isn't like, or what is for you like? feeling of like oh this bird it was for me and it like gave the photo to me mm-hmm. how do you feel that it's maybe because of the it might be like a, the lack of the better word like frequency thing like frequency like i feel like if i'm in the right frequency with the world then these types of things are happening so if i'm really aware of them it they might happen or if i'm sub if my subconscious like takes over in a way hmm. so if i just re- i'm really calm and relaxed almost almost every time in those situations something magical happens hmm. yeah wow that's, yeah that is just i guess that's the way of explaining it that's powerful uh-huh. do you have ways of getting to that feeling of relaxed and like maybe we could call it like no mind mm-hmm. we can we can call it, call it that especially uh-huh. for like mm-hmm. someone who deals and has dealt with anxiety mm-hmm. i guess like for no, for one example is like meditation of course that has helped me like being more like with it like with the feeling but it uh for me it 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 cannot be always on in a way you cannot you cannot like for me at least at this point of time and space i feel like it's a special thing so it happens when it happens and you might not like you can't force it it's like a, a happy coincidence is the best way to <laughs> describe it it's such a such a powerful two words uh, but it it happens like Oh, it's it's just it's almost like magic for me because I don't know how it happens in a way it feels like if I it feels like okay this is this is the way to explain it I guess it feels like the world or something around me is giving me a gift if I can just like um close my mind from the all the you know all the all the thoughts that are not like important in a way. Mm-hmm. So it feels like if I do that, 
the world will give me a gift. And for me, it's like, oh, because I love making art, for me, it comes in the form of art. Hmm. I guess that's the that's the best way of describing it. Hmm. That's beautiful. <laughs> you have so good questions. I have to like <laughs> really think about these things. Does the um, does the art also give you anything after it's made, or is it mainly the art is the gift itself? Hmm. It's hard to explain for me. Like it, it feels like when I make the artwork. After that, it all it it's almost like a child in a way. So it it just hangs in the world and does its own thing. It's like part of part of it's not like in situated to me anymore in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best thing that I get from art, like, well, the analytical side of me, of course. Like if somebody buys the art, it's always nice. But I guess like like when we get like down to the core of the thing, I just love if someone says to me that they love the art or um, gets in touch with me and says that they really was touched or something like that with, with it. Because in a way that's intimate conversation, you know. I, I have had like a conversation with myself, made the art, and there's like, no words were needed in a way but still I communicated something with someone and if someone like puts the effort of like writing me or telling me that it feels like I having I having like a really intimate like um, relationship with that person but what is like fun fun in it is that like I might never see this person he's just like they might they might just like write me something and I never like meet them mm-hmm. but we have a mutual understanding and that's yeah. just so that's like the best thing in art like, <laughs> I guess uh, it brings like if you want to say it like naively in a way it like it brings us t- together you know mm-hmm. in a way mm, that's mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> yeah I, I really love I really love that side of making art has it helped with like the feelings of like loneliness and everything from childhood yeah actually here in Oaxaca it has hmm. because I guess like people are more to, in tune with the the re- realism of the art world so people are really like open about it they want to talk they want to understand uh, I guess I don't have had I, I haven't had that feeling back in this in, in the western uh, or the or Europe Europe or uh, art world and it's closely I guess it's that there, you, there's a train of thought also to the book that you're like reading mm-hmm. because I feel like that every like big culture, if we like broke it into pieces, not just the Western world, but the whole world and then little pieces, like every cult- culture has its own like, like a whole world or like the, what was the word that he was talking about there? Like the collective like a collective story story mm-hmm. you know and for me it's changing it is it's not like it's a story that is changing all the time mm. so i guess like in the western world the collective story is so different that it it like it takes over people like you know in a way so there's like a different um 
like tr- different train of thought when you go to art art gallery, for example. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that to me, and I have felt like it's different here in Oaxaca. I I can't speak from the like Mexico perspective, but in Oaxaca it's like I have had like warmth here. here I guess more, mm-hmm. more or it feels like that to me. Yeah, <laughs> like more warmth. I guess warmth. I guess. Hmm. I'm wondering, like, in your in your next works mm-hmm. or art forms, mm-hmm. is there something that you feel called to like explore next or further? Yes, yes, there is. There is like uh, I want to make art next. I make. I want to make like a documentary thing, like from from the adoption thing. Because I, I haven't been in Colombia after after the adoption. Mm-hmm. But I guess that work is just going to be for me. Mm-hmm. So I will make like an art series and something about it. But it's going to be so personal that I might never like show it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to make one of those. And after that, I don't know. I'm really like interested about like research of uh, cultural research. Mm-hmm. So I might do something around that, but I guess I love like researching things with cameras, with the camera. So may- maybe I will do something like closely to research, mm-hmm. but I haven't haven't decided yet. Yeah. But after after the black book is done, that's the name of the work. After that is done, uh, I will I will like continue in the in the realm of dreams because mm-hmm. it's so it's so wide you know the theme is so wide there's so much more to learn about it mm-hmm. and there is a lot of a lot of other things you can do for example performance or like paintings or something like that mm-hmm. but i guess like the next next thing for me might be a performance mm. you know yeah i remember you saying in the text that like dreams are kind of like acts or plays Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are for me at least uh, I can't I can't speak for anybody else but for me they are like that and every like big dream that I was talking about every big dream that I have had it feels like it's a play it has like a start it has a middle and then it has like some kind of an ending hmm. it feels like it has like drama you know? <laughs> so hard so like weird but that's that's just the way huh. I, I have seen that would be amazing to see your interpretation of that. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, like, if you were to tell somebody who has had experienced trauma from adoption and everything, what would you tell them? What could be helpful to help heal from that? Well, uh, there's like so much like rejection in the human soul. Like if something bad happens, you reject for some reason. For me, at least, it feels like that. But that is like that is not the answer for me. The answer has been going like through the thing. You go like towards it, and mm-hmm. you just like sword fight it <laughs> in a way, and then you will be victorious if you do that. Mm-hmm. You would ju- it will just because it's a thought in a way, and you are you. You know you can you can win your thoughts, and you can always always like think in another way. Mm, and also compassion you know you have to be really compassionate about the thing and for yourself mm. because only adapted people 
they only they know how it feels like to be ad- adopted. Mm. For me, it doesn't matter why you were adopted. In a way, it's a it's a story, but it doesn't like in the end it doesn't matter. Uh, but then again, I was also really lucky because I had like really good par- I have really good parents. Like my my family is like really loving us like that, you know. Um, but I want to say like you're not you're not alone in a way. You're, you're like don't don't be too afraid of that thing because I was afraid that I was alone. Nobody could understand how it feels and stuff like that. But there's compassionate people in the world, that, and I'm one of them. If you're out of that, you're not alone. <laughs> Just like, uh, and art, art making is one of them also. Mm. Art is a good way of dealing with anxiety and with problems, or at least I feel like that. <clears throat> so that's there's there's a couple of things. Our theme music is by Kimani Thomas. And support for Eyes Wide comes from members around the world. Find out more at eyeswide.life forward slash join.